Welcome to New Dentists on the Block, a podcast featuring new dentists sharing their experiences in the world of dentistry, successes, challenges, and life in between, navigating dentistry together one experience at a time. In this episode, we have Dr. Elena Shoblaski, a general dentist and dental director at La Clinica, a FQHC in Medford, Oregon. She earned her DMD from the Oregon Health and Science University School of Dentistry and completed a GPR at the VA Hospital in Washington, D.C. Elena is the editor of the Oregon Dental Association and a member of the American Dental Association New Dentist Committee. In this episode, we talk about loans and loan repayment programs, organized dentistry, and practicing in a public health setting. Elena Shoblaski, welcome to New Dentist on the Block. How are you doing today? I'm really great. How are you? I'm doing well. Where are you coming to us from? I am in Medford, Oregon. So that's in Southern Oregon. I am much closer to California than I am to Portland or Washington. We're about four hours south of Portland on the interstate. Oh, cool. Okay. Very cool. Are you an Oregon native? I count myself as an Oregon native. I was born in Southern California in Redlands. Um, but my mom is from Oregon and we moved back to be closer to family when I was five. So uh, this is where I grew up. Okay, very cool. And wh- where'd you go to dental school? I went to dental school at Oregon Health and Science University. So oh, it's just you. So I'm keeping it, keeping it consistent. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. <laughs> and uh, were there any cool things that you all did uh, in your dental school program as part of your curriculum? Um. We were one of the pilot classes of an interprofessional education um, curriculum, so we got to take some class as well. We didn't do any classes, but we did some seminars kind of with medical and pharmacy students my first and second year of dental school. Um, The other big thing is that we moved into a new building. So we started my first year of dental school in what we call the old dental school. And while they finished building this brand new building that was an integrated building for medical, nursing, PA, dental, pharmacy, all of the health professions students. Oh, cool. And then we got to move into that building this summer between my first and second year. So um, that came with a lot of fancy new equipment (laughs) and a lot of troubleshooting as well. But it's a really cool building and the the most windows that I think I will ever have in any clinical setting. Oh, yeah, I bet. So, yeah. you know, Houston also got a new um, nice. building. This was after... You know, before we had started, uh, I was there during the summer program, so I was able to kind of see the old building and the new building. And I agree, more windows than I've ever seen ever in my life. Which I feel like they were just trying to feed us sunlight to try and keep us happy. But yes, exactly. I think they needed to do a little bit more than that. Yeah, in in Oregon, you will take all the sunlight you can get before the gray oh, rainy comes. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Which is so funny because here in El Paso today, it's super gloomy and rainy. And I thought about you this morning. I'm like, how funny. I'm going to speak to somebody who's probably from a rainy area on a very rainy day in El Paso, which is uh, pretty rare. You could send some of the rain to us. We are we are dealing with wildfires and smoke. Uh, Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen that on the news. Uh, Sad stuff. Mother Nature, as of late, has been pretty scary. She's got she's got some different plans than than I do. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Elena, I'm so excited to welcome you to New Dentist on the Block. Uh, For our listeners, Elena and I have crossed paths through our involvement in organized dentistry. Elena, uh, what district do you represent on the New Dentist Council? 11. Uh, okay. So that is Oregon, Washington, Montana, Idaho, and Alaska. Very cool. And it's your first year or is it your second? This is my first year. 
Cool. Yeah. Were, were you involved in organized dentistry as a dental student? I was, yes. I okay. was pretty a pretty active member of our ASDA chapter. I think technically my title was community service director or coordinator. Um, so I didn't serve as an officer, but I got to go to two annual meetings. So I got to go to Anaheim in 2014 nice. okay. and then Dallas in 2016. Oh, um, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. So we might have crossed paths. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah. I went. I didn't go to Anaheim. Twenty fourteen, yes. I started dental school, uh, but I did go to Dallas. That I think that was my first annual session, give or nice. take. W- what year did you graduate? Twenty seventeen. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. So I I got to go to those conferences. Went to all of the um, district ten where I yeah. asked a district ten district ten uh, district meetings and yeah. um, kind of that's how. In, in Oregon, there's a really good relationship between the Oregon Dental Association and the dental school. Um, so got to know some of the ODA leaders and and staff members through that connection. And then that was a pretty natural, a natural transition into ADA leadership. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Yeah. Did you go to Danielle Marciniak's uh, meeting? She was um, elected as trustee in okay. Dallas. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, cool. Um, oh, and then, yeah, she coordinated. Her yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I think I'm getting my years mixed up. I think okay. I, have, I could be wrong. Yes, okay. I would be, I would be lying if I remembered specifically. I remember So Hives meeting. Yeah. Was, well, everyone remembers So Hives meeting. Everyone remembers So Hives meeting. That was yeah. in Seattle uh, my yeah. fourth year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that was your fourth year? Okay. Then maybe not. My, so I think Danielle was actually elected my yes. fourth year. As okay. Trustee. Yeah. Yeah. So, it would have yeah, been the I year after. I missed her meeting by a year. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone still talks about Sohaib's meeting because because <laughs> of all the money he fundraised. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I raised a lot of money. Yeah. We got to have dinner at the Space Needle, which was so really cool. cool. Like the, so cool. the best, the best story ever, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. Elena, after dental school, did you do uh, AGD, GPR, any kind of residency program? Mm-hmm. I did. I, I abandoned my Oregon roots. Oh, okay. I, I moved to Washington, D.C., and I did a GPR at the VA hospital there. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Did you do yeah. uh, one or two year? One year. Very cool. Very cool. And now you're in a public health setting. Were you always in a public health setting, or how did you end up there? Yeah. Um, I actually, a uh, funny story on my GPR, Abby Halpern and I did yes. the same GPR program. So she was uh, the year after me. So we I got to hand over hand over the baton to her as I uh, love Abby. And anytime uh, I can talk about Abby is it's a good time. We'll shout <laughs> out. We'll shout her out. Anytime. Absolutely. Um, the, so yes, I have always been interested in public health. I actually took two years off between undergrad and dental school. And during those two years, I spent some time working for an education nonprofit that worked with low income schools and helped support teachers and students in those schools. Um, and the number of times I I have always been interested in dentistry. I kind of knew that I would go back to dental school. And so when I would mention that to, to teachers, so many of them said, oh my gosh, do you have any resources for our students? I, I have kids that miss school because of their, their toothaches mm-hmm. or that just don't have a toothbrush at home or don't, don't have those resources. Um, and it broke my heart so often in that position to be able to say, no, I don't really know much about the dental landscape right now. And, and so that really shifted my perspective on how I wanted to practice and what setting I wanted to be in. And so that really drove me to uh, public <clears throat> health and specifically community dentistry. So I, um, 
I applied for the National Health Service Corps scholarship. I did not get the scholarship, but I did get uh, accepted into the Students to Service Loan Repayment Program. So that was a commitment that I made in my fourth year of dental school to uh, work in a federally qualified health center for three years in exchange for 120000 of loan repayment. Pretty good deal. Pretty Huge. Good yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, they allow you to do a, a GPR. So that's what I, I did my GPR, got that experience in, and then moved back to Oregon and started working right away at my the FQHC where I still work today. So my my FQ or my NHSC commitment is long ago um, completed, but I'm still here because I really I love our mission. I love the people that I get to work with, and I love the patients that we get to serve. That's super cool. Yeah. So yeah. I'm an NHSC scholar. I, I got the scholarship in. Nice. Congratulations. And thanks. Thanks. I'm almost done uh, with my commitment, and so hopefully another few weeks. Actually, um, I went. It's fun to get the the certificate. Oh, I'm so I'm, yeah, I'm counting down. Uh, I think uh, I went over on my days this year, so yeah. you know if you you get involved with the scholarship or loan repayment programs, you're only allotted X amount of days, yeah. and so I went over my days, and uh, now they're kind of just pushing it out, which is fine, uh, not a big deal. Thankfully, you know they're they're able to work around you, but there are a lot of great programs for any of our listeners out there who are interested in loan repayment. Um, you know, loans are a huge deal for practicing dentists, especially new dentists who are coming out with these insane amount of debt. Uh, but the Students to Service program is great. And I'll ask you a little bit more about that because I, I don't really know much about that program. But there yeah. is also, um, well, actually, let, let's talk about that now. Yeah. How is that program different than the the loan repayment program? Yeah. So I always, I always talk about the different programs in sort of three tiers. Yeah. There's the scholarship, which you make an upfront commitment. You know this well, but for, yeah. for listeners, um, you make an upfront commitment usually in the first or second year of dental school. And in exchange, you have most, if not all, of your dental school tuition and fees and expenses paid for. Um, sometimes there's a little bit of extra on that you do have to take some loans yes, out, but yeah. pretty minimal, pretty right. Is that, is that I accurate? still have loans out, but uh, perhaps yeah. I lived larger than I needed to in dental school, but well, that made just me. <laughs> and Houston, you know, was a little bit more of an expensive city as well. I think, I think Portland would have been the same way, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. But a significantly lower debt, debt upon graduation. Absolutely. And, um, and so exchange with that for every year of dental school that they pay for, you make a year commitment to, to work in an FQHC. So, uh, that's a more competitive program and requires a commitment at the beginning of your training experience. I went the more middle of the road pathway. Um, and that is that you make a commitment in the fall of your fourth year. So you get a chance to, to go through your training, you get to maybe rotate in public health, you get to to have some mentors and try out some different styles of dentistry and have an idea of how we want to practice. And at that point, you make a three-year commitment. And um, like I mentioned, that is for $120,000 of tax-free loan repayment. And so that's a pretty good deal, uh, not quite as much, quote, bang for your buck or bang for your year uh, as as the scholarship program, but still still pretty great. And you can extend that an additional two years for an additional 20,000 each year. So the maximum would be five years for 160,000. Um, and then the third level of program is actually a 
a kind of pay-as-you-go option. So once you find yourself working in an FQHC, you love it, and you think it's a place that you want to stay for a while, you can apply for a year-to-year loan repayment option. And I think that varies from about fifteen to 25000 per year, depending on funding and availability and how high of a need of an area that you're in. Uh, so those are the three different commitment levels. You can commit at the beginning of dental school for the most uh, loan repayment. You can commit at the end of dental school, but before you start working for a medium, a, a middle amount, or you can commit once you're already working for the lowest amount. Yeah, I thought I knew about all three uh, really well, but I actually didn't know uh, students to service uh, super well. So that's really good for, you know, I get a lot of first year students who ask me, you know, what what do I do? I really want to do something like this, but I'm not ready to make that commitment because I don't know if I want to specialize. Exactly. And this is this is a great uh, program for that. Obviously, like you mentioned, you know, you may not get the biggest bang for your buck um, in, in terms of commitment goes and, and loan repayment amount. But I think that that's still a, a great way to alleviate some of the burden yeah. and to figure out what you want to kind of do in life as dental students. So I think that's huge. I Did you? D- oh. Go ahead. I'm a big proponent for working in an FQHC as uh, in as a supplement to a GPR or an AGD or as a, re- a replacement for, especially if you're in an FQHC where there are other dentists that you're working with. That's one of my favorite things about my clinic. I work with uh, seven other dentists. And so the amount of mentorship and uh, treatment planning consultation and support both clinical and moral support that I get on a daily basis is incredible. And so I think it's a really nice place, depending on how many coworkers you have. It's a really nice place for new grads to land. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. If you are a student who's graduating or maybe somebody who isn't feeling fulfilled in their practice setting that they're in, public health, um, community health is the place to be, in my opinion. Obviously, we're, we are biased. We are <laughs> two people who are in a public health setting. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's a great way to kind of build your skill. It's a great way to give back to the community and you just kind of continue to learn and grow. I yeah. would say that if you're not really interested in AGD or GPR uh, because maybe you want to dive in and start making some money, um, but maybe you're not ready to dive into a private practice of some kind, this is a really great way to go to kind of build that skill and keep asking questions. I think that if you can find a mentor, for me, my AGD was great because we had a lot of mentors around that we we could still kind of uh, toss questions back and forth. And that was a huge year for me. Uh, We're now, I'm kind of alone in this community. Uh, I'm able to kind of manage it a a little bit better. Yeah, I agree completely. Did you decide to up for a few more years after your commitment ended? I extended for one more year. Um, so okay. I ended up going for one more extra year of 20000 So I ended up getting 140000 total in repayment. And then actually at that point, I had been um, paying down my loan, the, the balance, I graduated with about 280,000 in in debt. And so the 140 took away about half of it. And I continued to pay down that other half and got a little bit more aggressive during COVID when there was no interest. And so actually by the time that if there was an opportunity to re-up for one other year, I had pretty much paid off my loan. That's awesome. I'm proud of you. That's huge. My respect. My respect. Yeah, I didn't didn't take advantage of that. (laughs) 
the uh, no interest time. I just kind of said thank you, uh, Uncle President Biden, for giving us that. And I'm hoping to stay here for 10 years and we'll see if you cancel that when when we're all said and done. I hope not. Yeah. I, yeah. I went back and forth between yeah. whether I wanted to go for PSLF or wanted to pay them down. And I think that it is highly likely that I will still be here or in another sure. FQHC in uh, five more years at, at the 10 year mark. Um, but I kind of wanted to give myself that oh, flexibility. Yeah. That, that financial freedom that you probably exactly. with having that out of the way is, is huge. Yeah. And so PSLF uh, for our listeners is also another program that you can look into if you go the public health route, if you stay in a public health setting or an educational setting, um, you can, I guess a federal setting as well too. Uh, if you stay in for 10 years and make the minimum amount that you need to make based on your salary uh, towards your loans, you get to, they, they um, I guess, raise them all in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's exactly. huge. I mean, that's great. So, you know, if you come out with like $600,000 in loans, that's awesome. You just kind of awesome got to stick it out for 10 years and you do a lot of good in the community. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a lot of um, leadership opportunities within community health and public dentistry as well. So I spend uh, one day a week in an administrative dental director position in my clinic. And so I think that's another really neat thing about about public health and community dentistry is that it's not necessarily 40 hours a week of, of hands-on dentistry. You get to um, you get to mentor and teach and oftentimes work with dental students or support your clinic in other ways. Um, so that 10-year commitment is not necessarily 10 years of commitment to right. um 40 hours a week. And actually they just, um, I was talking to a friend yesterday and they just lowered the requirement for PSLF down to, um, either 30 or 32 hours a week is considered full-time. Ooh, so, um, it used to be nice. It used to be full-time or full-time as considered by your employer. So your employer got to define what full-time meant, but now they've defined it as I forget if it's either 30 or 32. Oh, that's so, huge. I- I wonder if the NHSC will follow suit. Probably not, but maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. 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 Elena, I would love to know kind of your pros and cons, favorite things, least favorite things about working in public health. And, and if you're okay with it, I'll also share some of mine. Absolutely. I'd love to hear yours. Yeah. My my favorite things, I've talked about some of my favorite things already. So I really love the our, our mission. We serve about 60% of patients, of our, of our patients have Medicaid. Um, in Oregon, Medicaid has been expanded pretty broadly and includes comprehensive dental care for both adults and children, which is really awesome. So we're able to provide comprehensive um, and coverage and, and treatment for most of those adults and children. The remainder of our patients are a small section of patients that have private insurance, and then the rest are patients that have no insurance. And so we offer a sliding scale for them. I'm sure very similar to to your clinic. Um, And so it's really neat to be able to offer high quality, comprehensive, uh, compassionate, fun, accessible dental care to patients that might not otherwise be able Mm -hmm. to afford it. And we also, about a third of our patients uh, speak Spanish as their primary language. And uh, I don't personally speak Spanish, but (laughs) I have two wonderful dental assistants that act as healthcare interpreters and and also assist me procedurally. Um, And all of our receptionists and all of our our, um, call center team are bilingual. And so, so many of our patients say, it's wonderful that I can come here and and speak, speak Mm -hmm. my language and be comfortable and not have to, um, 
strain myself or have a family member act as an interpreter or something like that. So that's certainly a pro, being able to meet people where they are and deliver care that works for what they need. Um, I love the people that I get to work with. So um, like I mentioned, I work in a big group of dentists. We all share a room and the, the amount of fun and collegiality and learning that happens in that room is huge. I love the benefits of working um, in public health. So I get about seven to eight weeks off every year that is paying time off where I don't have to worry about what's what's going on in the clinic. I know that my colleagues have got that taken care of. Um, And I, I get a 403B match. I get health insurance. I get a CE stipend. Uh, our, our organization also has a really robust learning and development department that offers leadership trainings and communication trainings and um, lots of both clinical and non-clinical learning opportunities. Uh, so we get an additional up to two weeks of training every year for free through that program. Awesome. Um, So I really feel like I've been able to learn and grow as a person and a dentist here. Um, So that's, those are the the big pros. Yeah. And um, I, as far as tough stuff, I think that certainly we're, we often say we're a big ship. We are an organization of about 450 people. We have a large number of dentists. We serve 40,000 patients in our dental department every year. And so there are certain times where the way that Elena would do something butts Mm -hmm. up against the way that it works best for our our clinic to do something. I have have a great degree of clinical autonomy. That is one of our, our primary values. And so I've never felt pinched in that regard. I've never felt pressured to do or not do treatment. We have amazing materials and really good technology here. So I feel really good about the care that I deliver to my patients. But sometimes when it comes to the the workflows and the administrative stuff and, and all of that, I, I have to take a step back and let go of some degree of control or influence. Um, so that can be hard. And um, our, our patients have, have tough lives. Um, and so I think that as, as much as my heart opens and expands and grows with them, it also breaks for them. 100%. And yeah. And yeah. so, um, you know, we, we see a lot of substance use disorder. We mm-hmm. see a lot of behavioral health, uh, both diagnosed and undiagnosed um, concerns. And, and so I think that there's an extra degree of care that, that I need to show up with every day. And that can be really rewarding and it can also be really exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are the tough things. How about you? Very well said. I can't follow that. I, I just think, uh, I mean, you you articulated that so well, but I, I 100% agree with you on on um, the pros there. You know, the autonomy to do what's right for the patient is excellent. I have never felt pressure to do um, anything against my will. You know, if, if I don't feel comfortable with a procedure, I, I'm never forced to do anything that I'm not comfortable with. Materials are great. I kind of have, um, you know, a free hand in ordering what we'd like to use. So I, I try and order materials that I like to use. Um, we help patients where we can as well, too. The sliding scale is huge. And so for those who aren't uh, familiar with what a sliding scale is, is um, at most places you bring in um, your income and you're, you're given a discount based on that income. So that's great for those who don't have insurance um, and they can get a discount still. 
oftentimes, and this varies from clinic to clinic, but at our clinic, oftentimes they may come in and, uh, you know, if they're coming in for a full mouth extraction, I can do it all. Uh, they may just pay $25, you know, which is kind of huge and kind of crazy. Um, but it's kind of exciting to be able to help the community in that way. So I, I would agree with all the pros. For me, the cons, uh, being the only one at the clinic that we're at, uh, it can be really tough. So, uh, you know, it's it's a funnel and everyone wants to be seen and everyone wants to be seen yesterday. And so people get really upset with me and that can be really hard because I'm only one person. And so we have other clinics where, where patients can go to um, throughout southern New Mexico, but transportation can be an issue. So everyone kind of wants to come here and it's hard. And sometimes we get into some tiffs uh, because they're not see being seen qu quick enough. Uh, but unfortunately, until I can clone myself or we can get another another dentist, it is just me. We are going to start bringing in some of the students from the El Paso Dental School, um, hopefully in the next few months or so, for sure cool. within the next year. Yeah. So I think that that'll for sure help us out uh, with some of the patients that are, are on are on our waiting list. Uh, but for me, that's probably one of the biggest cons is that we're just kind of, uh, we see as many as we can in the day and still there are some patients that aren't happy, but we can't please everyone at the end yeah. of the day. And you've got to take care of yourself as a human too. You're, that's I, right. I remind myself of that when I'm feeling uh, guilty or overwhelmed yes. of that. I, I give my best care and I show up as my best self when I'm moving at a sustainable pace instead of an unsustainable pace. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And speaking of guilt, you know, we do get a wonderful amount of time off, but I still feel guilty sometimes taking that time off. And I think that that's, yeah, I think that that's a, that's a dentistry thing kind of uh, universally because yeah. I've, I've heard that sentiment being shared across the board. Yes. Yeah. So Elena, tell me a little bit about just pivoting a little bit about some of your favorite things uh, of being involved in organized dentistry and your role as a new dentist uh, and that involvement, what that looks like for you now. Absolutely. Um, well, my my path to where I'm at now, so what the last five years have looked like, well, six years, um, I was sitting in our resident room in Washington, D.C., and I got a text from the current president of, well, the current president-elect of the Oregon Dental Association, who is now actually our executive director. Dr. Barry Taylor is his name. And um, in stepping into the president role, he had previously been the editor. So he was having to resign from editor to step into the president role. And so he texted me. He said, hey, are you moving back to Oregon? <laughs> I said, I think so. Um, <laughs> and this was I hadn't accepted my job yet. And he said, if you do, do you want to be editor? And I said, I think so. <laughs> and um you know, fast forward six months, I had moved back to Oregon and there was no one else interested in, in stepping into the role of editor. So I got to, here. Oh, okay, great. I got to uh, run for that position uncontested and was elected as our editor. And in Oregon, the editor serves as a non-voting member of the board of trustees and then also always serves as an alternate delegate to the ADA House nice. of Justice. And so I've been able to participate in the House of Delegates every every year since I've moved back to Oregon. So my first was San Francisco and then COVID and then ah. Vegas and then Houston and then this year, Orlando. And um, that has been such an awesome experience to be able to meet other new dentists and experienced dentists across the board, meet dentists that are practicing in different areas and in different ways. I think it's really helpful for me to 
get out of the bubble of my daily practice. And it gives me really good perspective for things that I'm extra grateful for, things that I might be striving for, opportunities that I have to learn and grow. Um, and also just to laugh, to be able to, to talk about how how hard it is to prep the distilling on 31, you know, just be able to have that camaraderie with with my colleagues. Um, the travel is really fun. That is some, yeah. a part of it that I really enjoy. For sure. Um, and to be able to travel and spend time with, with other dentists is really huge. I have learned so much about the practice of dentistry through through the Dental Association as well, through our advocacy at both the state and, and national level. So many so many times my colleagues will say, how do you know that thing about the Dental Practice Act or about insurance policy or about reimbursements or scope of practice? And the answer is always, oh, I, I read it in an ODA email or I, we talked about it at an ODA meeting or I, I watched an ADA uh, presentation on that. And so I just feel so much more well-informed. And I think that translates to how I can take better care of my patients as well. I, that, that trickles all the way down to my clinical care. Um, about a year ago, uh, Dr. Linda Edgar, who was our trustee and is now the president-elect of the ADA, approached me about the opportunity to step into Brooke Fukuoka's position on the new dentist committee. She was finishing her term and so we needed a replacement and those are big shoes to fill, but it's been- We love Brooke, yeah. We love Brooke, we love Brooke. Um, and she she has mentored me really well through the past year to help that transition. And uh, the new dentist committee is awesome. I know you've gotten to to interact with us, yes. our, our representative on the communications committee, but it's just, um, when, before I started, Everyone said, it feels like a family. And I was like, yeah, I mean, sure, it's, it's a committee. Uh, but even in just two meetings that we've had and a third coming up in Orlando, it really does feel that way. It, it feels warm and inviting and fun and uh, honest. I think we really are willing to, to point out what organized dentistry is doing really well and needs to celebrate and also where we have some areas to grow. So I'm really excited for three more years on the committee, getting to continue having fun and honest conversations. Ah, so exciting and, yeah. and and a little bit of jealousy because there are so many great people who who are on there now. Um, you know, even including John Vogel. You know, we'll we'll throw him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. <laughs> but there are just some excellent leaders there, and I'm excited to see what all all the leaders, including yourself, continue to do um, throughout their trajectory in their leadership in dentistry. Thanks. I would love to know hot hot question. What do you tell a new dentist who doesn't think that organized dentistry, the ADA, is important? I start by inviting them to go to a local meeting. I think that the the value of organized dentistry starts really close to home, that I can talk about advocacy wins and I can talk about the fact that the ODA passed a bill this year that will save dentists up to $7,000 on their credit card fees every year and, and things like that. I think that that is valuable and, and, and matters. But I think that for me, the largest impact has been the relationships and the mentorship that I have gotten. And I think that that starts small. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think that there's some really neat things that the ADA app is doing to promote mentorship. And I'm excited about that. And I think that um, you're going to have a more successful mentorship relationship often with someone that is in your community and knows the specifics of, of where you're practicing and that you can go and, and shadow them or grab coffee or um, or become a part of their lives. And so that's my first uh, invitation. If they're local, I say, come with me. We meet yeah. on, the, on the second Thursday of every month and have CE and a little bit of social time. If they're, if they're another part of District 11 or another part of the country, I help them find their local component and, and encourage them to attend a CE event or a meeting and to not just sit in the back corner, but to, to talk to someone at that meeting and, and learn a little bit more. Um, I also encourage them to open the emails. I think that that's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, we're, as you know, we're figuring out how to communicate better yes. with multiple generations. And I think yes. that we will get better at that in the coming months and years. Uh, but there really is, there's so much information uh, coming, coming at you. And so find, find the way that you like to engage with the dental association, whether that's following them on Instagram or, or, reading the ADA news or attending the House of Delegates every year. You know, there's there's different options depending on your favorite communication style. But those are the those are where I tend to start. And then then we can have conversations about tangible benefits and, yeah. <laughs> and the nitty-gritty and, and discounts and yeah, your, yeah, yeah. your dues easily get covered. But um, I think that if if the relationships aren't there, there's not as much sticking power. Mm. Very well said again. I love it. Thanks. So for for our more seasoned dentists who are listening, you know, a few a few things that I've I've heard here, and, and even those who are, are not maybe well seasoned and still pretty new, but are, are involved. Uh, one thing that stood out and something that I've heard kind of time and time again is an invitation from somebody to come to a meeting to get involved, I think can go a long way. So I think that we all need to kind of do our part and invite somebody who might be skeptical to come to a meeting and see uh, what the what all the hubaloo is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and and kind of see if they're interested in getting involved, because yeah. uh, we truly, our generation is is the future. We got to kind of carry this forward, and I I truly worry about what the future of the association would look like. Um, but I hope that those um, who are listening will feel encouraged to kind of get involved and allow their voice to be heard, because their voice is important and Absolutely. can lead uh, lead a lot of change. Yeah, I think um, a, a word of advice or a recommendation too the more seasoned dentists or anyone more than 10 years out of practice, right? (laughs) Is that if you, if you see a new dentist that has gotten the bravery or figured out the childcare or or arranged their lives to be able to attend a component uh, society, know that that might be your one opportunity to, to engage with them, to connect with them and to, to get them, get them, to get that stickiness for organizing. Exactly. Yeah. So go up and say, hi, don't, don't talk to the friend that you see all the time, right. go sit to, next to them and, and get engaged and figure out an action step, figure out a way that they can plug into the work that you are doing as a local component, um, because we want to be approached and, and approaching yes. someone in a new setting can be really overwhelming. So absolutely, that's something that the more established leaders whether they are new dentists that are established or whether they are past that 10 year mark, they can really take a step by introducing themselves and connecting with, with new faces that they see at their meetings. 
Yes, a, fr- a friendly hello can can go a long way. Absolutely. Yeah. Elena, I have absolutely loved our conversation today. I, I'm so excited to connect with you in Orlando when we see each other during SmileCon. Um, but any last thoughts, advice, anything that you'd like to share with our listeners before we close out today? I think we covered it all. I, um, I, I don't do any fun TikToks and dance movies <laughs> like you, but I do have an Instagram. It's just Elena, the dentist. And I try and post about, um, what the ADA is doing, what the Oregon Dental Association is doing, and also what my life is like in an F2HC. So if you won't have any interest in that, you can find me over there. And, um, reach out. If you are in District 11, I'd love to help you find your local component. I would love to to share some opportunities that there are to get involved if that feels scary and you want someone to help you with that. Yes, please reach out to us. Either, either one of us, please use us as a resource, either for organized dentistry or for the public health route. Uh, we would love to, to help you all find um, your path in dentistry, um, both in and out of the actual clinical setting. Absolutely. So, Elena, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And for everyone listening, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of New Dentists on the Block. If you would like to connect with Dr. Elena, you can find her on Instagram at Elena the Dentist. Learn more about the ADA New Dentist Committee by following the link in our show notes. If you'd like to connect with New Dentists on the Block, you can find us on Instagram at New Dentist on the Block. And you can connect with me on Instagram at tsmaestas.dds. Be sure to tune in to future episodes of New Dentists on the Block. And as always, we would love if you would leave a review of this podcast and make sure you subscribe to the podcast on YouTube and on all major podcast platforms. We'll catch you next time.